Meditate for the mind to have mindfulness in the present moment. In the present moment is the feeling of the body that is constantly aware of the in and out breath. Usually, we don't have awareness of the breath at all. In one day, we have a lot of work and duties and the mind thinks of the past and the future. It is these two things that pulls us away from the present moment. It makes our mind have no experience of this emptiness of peace. The Buddha taught us to practice meditation. When we go to a peaceful and secluded place, like under a tree or in a corner of the house that is quiet, then we sit meditation We put our right leg on top of our left, or the left on top of the right leg, according to what feels right. If we are older and have problems sitting on the floor, then we can sit in a chair. The important thing is that we have awareness with this breath. When the in-breath touches the tip of the nose, we know. When the out-breath touches the upper lip or the tip of the nose, We know. Don't force our breath to be short or long. Let it be natural. If we can do this continuously, then the thoughts, ideas and proliferations will reduce and our mindfulness will be with this breath. Some people may try to do this but feel uncomfortable. This is because they like to constantly control the breath then one can do the second method, which is to count the breath in pairs. When the breath goes in, mentally count one, and when the breath goes out, count one. Count the first pair, second pair, third pair, fourth pair, until the fifth pair, then start again counting from the first pair. Do this, then add another pair till the sixth pair. Then count the first pair, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Then add another pair for the seventh pair. Do this until the tenth pair. If we get lost and forget where we are, then start again at the first pair until the fifth pair. Do this till we are proficient and we can count without any errors. Our body and mind will feel at ease. At times, we may stop counting the breath and just have awareness of the in and out breath. We may feel that a part of the body slowly disappears from our awareness, like half of our left hand slowly disappears, the right hand disappears. The body feels like it slowly disappears from our awareness and the body feels increasingly light. This happens when our mindfulness is aware of one specific point in the body and then samadhi or one-pointedness arises. Feelings like this may arise. Or if our mindfulness can gather together to a certain level, then the body will feel light all over. The body feels light and there is a sense of ease pervading it. It may even feel like there is no body there. When we have a body, then we have the feeling of heaviness. 
but when our samadhi is well established and our mindfulness is continuously aware on one's sole object, then we feel a great sense of ease. We feel light until there is no feeling of me there. Or it is as if we are sitting in the middle of the sky. This is samadhi starting to arise. It is also starting to become a foundation that we can use to contemplate for the arising of wisdom. This is the contemplating of the truth, of the nature of arising, persisting and ceasing. These were the things that the Buddha had awakened to already. The Buddha had the sharpest wisdom to know the things that no one else could know for themselves and to cut off the mental defilements. This is called Samujeta Pahana. But the Buddha said that he is simply the one who tells us. The Tathagata doesn't get rid of the mental defilements for us. If the Buddha could destroy the mental defilements, of humans and living beings, then there wouldn't be any defilements in any individual's minds. But here the Buddha said that he is simply the one who tells us, it is us that need to practice. The Buddha had great wisdom and the most spiritual development, with no equal, whether of humans or of Brahma gods. But the delusion in the heart is owned by the individual who has built that karma for a very long time already. It is a very complicated phenomenon. The Buddha has incomparable loving kindness and compassion. It is Apamano Bhutto. The Buddha is limitless. Apamano Dhammo. The Dhamma is limitless. The Buddha could teach so that those that followed and practiced could attain to becoming fully enlightened arahants. They could be Apamano Sankho, so the limitless of the Sangha could arise in the world. This is the complete triple gem arising in the world. The Buddha taught us to practice, so put forth effort in these teachings. We know that we already possess some mindfulness and concentration that is sufficient for us to study and learn, read and write, and do work and duties. But to gain the mindfulness that will lead us to have knowing and firm samadhi to arise, we need to train and practice Dhamma. And sometimes we can do Dhamma practice, but at other times we feel we can't. And this is normal, because... This is the fight in our hearts between the two forces. If the noble eightfold path of sila, samadhi and banya, morality, concentration and wisdom have strength, then it can overcome all the feelings in the heart. But, like we already know, there are times that the great delusion that exists in the hearts of all people, whether monks or laity, it can overcome us, and then the noble path factors lose out. In our Dhamma practice, they exchange blows like this. But don't get discouraged and be intent to keep fighting. Just like today, you are building goodness. You give alms, make merit, listen to Dhamma, and you practice insight meditation. All of you have trained and built your spiritual development to a good level. Generally, for people living in the world, 
when they have a free day. They will sleep in, go out and enjoy themselves. They will seek external pleasures, but this has no real meaning. But you are people who are not heedless. You are determined to train your minds because you know that these mental defilements make us have all sorts of suffering to arise in the mind. Since our strength of mindfulness and wisdom isn't yet able to be firmly established, we need to be determined to practice. We give dana, practice generosity as a habit. We sacrifice for the benefit of others. We give alms. We make merit. And we help the work of the monastery. We help by cleaning up around the monastery, helping to wash the dishes and clean the tables, and in other various ways. This we can do easily. We train in this first, train in the sacrifice of body and speech. This is all easy to do. If we can't practice self-sacrifice on this level of the body and our speech, then how can we train in peace, developing mindfulness and samadhi of the mind, which is harder to do? When we have self-sacrifice like this as a good foundation, then developing meditation and samadhi goes easily. We can develop awareness of the in and out breath to make the mind firmly established. We will then be able to see that the breath has the greatest value. Compared to all the various external types of happiness that we are searching for, if we can know and can establish our awareness on just this breath of ours, then the mind can have internal happiness. Then we will gain another type of happiness called Niramisa Sukha, the happiness that doesn't depend on external things. We just know the in and out breath, that's all. We will see that the breath has great value. A person is able to search for many things just because they have this breath. They can have a lot of wealth, status, praise and happiness just because they have this breath. If the breath becomes obstructed, then all the external things that one possesses has very little meaning, because we have no inner satisfaction. If we have mindfulness to know the breath, then it can make the body and the mind feel inwardly satisfied. We should see that the breath has great value, and by nature, it is something we all already possess. It's simply that we need to have the mind establish awareness firmly over it to have samadhi. And this will develop into truth, where one can see the constant arising, persisting and ceasing with each in and out breath. When it's like this, then sometimes we may have liking arise, and this is normal due to the mind having clinging and attachment, but we can recognize that now we have liking and pleasure that has arisen. Sometimes we may have disliking, and we have the mindfulness to know that disliking has arisen now. The dispensation of the Buddha is the dispensation that teaches one to have greater wisdom to have the mindfulness and wisdom to know the truth of all things, that they are of the nature to arise, persist and cease. 
the wandering ascetic Subhadda, who became the last ordained disciple of the Buddha, he asked the Buddha that can one who practices a path other than the Noble Eightfold Path attain to becoming an Arahant. The Buddha said, Just as there are no footprints in the sky, an individual cannot attain to the paths and fruits of Nibbāna in any other path apart from the Noble Eightfold Path. Venerable Subhadda overcame his doubts and could contemplate until his mind could become peaceful. He saw the brightness of the full moon and saw the cloud floating to cover the moon and it became dark. But when the cloud passed by, then the radiance again emerged. He contemplated in his mind and saw his mind was like the moon. If a mental object arose from the sense doors, then the mind would be darkened momentarily. And when the mental object ceased, then the mind would become bright as normal. He then understood that the mind that has clinging to all the mental objects is suffering, and it darkens the mind like this. He attained to becoming an arahant and became the last direct disciple of the Buddha. So when we practice watching the mind to see the mind clearly, we need to have samadhi to be able to see the mental objects. When all the mental objects arise from the sense doors of the eye, ear, nose, tongue, body and mind, we will be able to see them clearly because our mind is peaceful and still. So we need to have time in the day when we train the mind to be peaceful. Even if we have a lot of duties and family obligations, we need to find the opportunity and the time to develop the mind. By coming to the monastery, we can learn the method to meditate and then we take it to practice at home. Try to meditate continuously. This means that when we are peaceful, we practice. When we are not peaceful, we practice. We don't let go of our practice and we have the patience to endure. Even if there are a lot of thoughts in the mind, we still put forth effort. We practice like this continuously, and then in no long time, samadhi must arise. Even a person who would sit meditation and be full of thoughts, usually for even two minutes, they wouldn't be able to sit. It was that chaotic in their mind. But by constantly putting forth effort, they could sit meditation, make the mind peaceful, and they could understand the Dhamma. So may you be intent to practice Dhamma and meditation. Sometimes you may not be able to fight against the mental defilements, but don't worry too much because they are like the world champions. We slowly train the mind. We go about the practice where even if in 1,000 times or 10,000 times we can win just once, it is still good. Later on, we should be able to win more and more. And each time to win over them, each step that we have to take, it isn't easy at all. It's really difficult. Because these mental defilements are very firmly rooted. This is called Sakyaditi, seeing as I and mine. This is very deeply embedded. But this is the first barrier that is firmly rooted.
if we can penetrate this barrier, then the rest of the barriers are not that difficult. But because we cannot destroy this first barrier, we have to keep going around in this cycle of birth and death for countless lifetimes. From now going forth, we don't know how many more millions of lifetimes it will take. Even in the time it takes for many millions of Buddhas to arise, will we be able to rid this first barrier? So we really need to try in this lifetime, do our utmost. We don't need to establish high goals, like that we have to be able to finish off all the mental defilements in this life. But we just keep trying the best we can by, in the beginning, just trying to keep going against the mental defilements, having self-sacrifice to go against selfishness, We have sila and we try to develop meditation, chanting and practice dhamma. We keep practicing like this continuously. One that is new to the practice trains like this. And one who has been practicing a long time also keeps training like this. They don't give up the practice. You must try to keep practicing until you can attain to true peace. May you be intent in your practice and may you all grow in blessings.